0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 717. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Let's read the passage. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is Matthew's Gospel. The gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's explaining the story behind Jesus. Not the whole life story of Jesus, but Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. He's already presented the birth narrative. And now he's begun here in chapter 3, the adult ministry of Jesus. He begins with John the Baptist. We saw John coming to baptize in the River Jordan calling for people to repent. John was preaching repentance and saying the kingdom of heaven is near. So here we pick it up in verse 13, and we see, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. So we know Jesus has been in Galilee, specifically Nazareth, and now he's leaving Galilee, going to the Jordan River, It's about 70 miles from Nazareth to where John is baptizing, specifically to be baptized by him. So Jesus isn't just wandering along. and happens upon John. He specifically goes there to be baptized by John. This is his reason for leaving Galilee. Verse 14, but John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. Well, question here is, how does John recognize Jesus? Luke tells us they're cousins, that they're related, but we don't know they've ever actually met before. And how does John know what's going on? Well, we know John's a prophet. God has revealed things to John, and obviously it's something revealed by the Father to John the Baptist, that who Jesus is, and he's proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. So now here he sees the Messiah and recognizes who he is. And John's saying that I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. Now, he doesn't specifically say what the issue is. Is the issue baptism? That John's been calling for people to repent and to be baptized as a result of that. He knows Jesus does not need to repent, so why should he be baptized? Or is it just the relationship of Who is the superior? He's been saying all along, he who's coming after me is the superior one. And because Jesus is the superior, that John should not be baptizing him. So it's a question of the baptism itself, or just who is baptizing who? You could probably read it either way. Verse 15, Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. There's a lot here. John objects and says, no, I should not be baptizing you. And Jesus says, allow it for now. Implication here is, this is a special circumstance. So right now, this is the right thing to do. And that's where we often say, well, wait, what's, what's the deal here? Why is Jesus being baptized? John is calling for people to repent. Jesus is sinless. He does not need to repent of sin and be baptized. So why is Jesus baptized?
1: And Jesus answers
0: the question. He says, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now we read that and still don't understand why. What's he mean here? And, and it's hard to say exactly what he means, and there's a lot of ideas about this. And, and there is a big question that I don't think we've really got what we can say is ironclad answers to. Why does Jesus get baptized? There's a lot of reasons given. One is, as an example to us. He calls on us to be baptized, and he set the example by being baptized himself. But this baptism is different than our baptisms. I said last time, the baptism of John is different from Christian baptism. His baptism was for people to publicly proclaim their repentance, which is what our baptism is, but our baptism is also faith in Jesus Christ. Now you could also say John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but also to publicly identify with the coming Messianic Kingdom. And that's what Jesus is doing, is identifying with the Messianic kingdom that he is implementing. Some say it's to identify with sinners, because Jesus ate with sinners, hung out with sinners, interacted with sinners. He was baptized with the sinners to identify with sinners. Some say this was, in many ways, an anointing of his ministry, John the Baptist's father is a priest, and his lineage is from Aaron, the brother of Moses, the first priest. His mother was also in that priestly lineage. So John the Baptist is a Levite and from a priestly family. So John the Baptist is a legitimate priest and a prophet. And as we often saw in the Old Testament, a prophet would anoint a new king or a new high priest. And Jesus is basically being anointed by the prophet John the Baptist to begin his ministry. Now, all those things are probably true, but is that the real reason? It's hard to say. But the the words that Jesus says here is, this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And how is all righteousness being fulfilled? Well, Jesus says the righteous one will die in order that others can be made righteous. You read through Isaiah 53. It's pretty obvious this is talking about Jesus. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him no appearance that we should desire him he was despised and rejected by men a man of suffering who knew what sickness was he was like someone people turned away from he was despised and we did not value him yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains and we in turn regarded him stricken struck down by god and afflicted but he was pierced because of our rebellion crushed for because of our inequities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We've all turned our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter. Like a sheep silent before her shears, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. Yet when you make him a guilt offering, you will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accompanied. So through this, you see, he's talking about Jesus. Obviously, it's a prophecy looking ahead to Jesus. But then verse 11, In Isaiah 53, after his anguish, we will see the light and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their inequities. So justify, that's to be made righteous. And so this idea that Jesus, the righteous one, is the means by which people will be made righteous. That's got to be in there somewhere, because Jesus says, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. And all these other explanations, they're all true. But obviously, it's preparing the way for Jesus's ministry. And maybe the baptism of John, more the identification with the coming messianic kingdom and Jesus going through that. And by Jesus doing this, it's also giving legitimacy to what John the Baptist is doing. There's a lot going on here, and it's hard to tie it up in a neat little bow. But Jesus says, this is the right thing to do in obedience to the Lord. Verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So John baptizes Jesus, and when Jesus comes out of the water, it says the heavens open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. So specifically, Jesus saw this, and a question, did anybody else see this? A lot of people say, well, no, just Jesus saw this. However, over in the Gospel of John, John 1.32, John the Baptist says, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And so I think John the Baptist saw this. Did anybody else see this? We don't know. And the point is not who all saw it, but that that it happened. And then the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Did anybody else hear this voice? Well, the fact he doesn't say you, he says this implies it is to others. So who saw it? Who heard it? We don't know, but it did happen. And this statement, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, is kind of a combination of Psalm 2, verse 7, and Isaiah 42, verse 1. And here we have the Trinity revealed with the proclamation that Jesus is part of the Trinity. God the Son. So we've had Jesus presented as the Son of David born in Bethlehem as the Messiah would be, a miraculous birth, king of the Jews, the new Moses, and now the son of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.